You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we have a Millennial Music Chat with Keith Harkin. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain.
Okay, so this week's episode, uh, we have a musical guest that has three of my favorite things. Um, he's a singer-songwriter, loves singer-songwriters, especially really good ones. Uh, he's Irish, and last year he had a Christmas album that I actually really liked a lot, uh, and this is before I even interviewed him. Yeah, that's kind of like your trifecta, right? It All t- of those three things together. It, to- it totally is. So this week we're talking to uh, singer-songwriter, Irish singer-songwriter, Keith Harkin. Um, he w- came to fame with the Irish supergroup uh, Celtic Thunder. He's actually the original cast member, the first one cast, he, sh- he says. And... Um, so he came up with a fame, fame there. He was with them for 10 years. And if you've ever seen Celtic Thunder, it's this big, huge, you know, uh, they have this big extravaganza. Big extravaganza. And they're, they're really good. They're really talented people. Uh, but it's, it's a really, you know, kind of produced thing that, you know, so wasn't kind of doing his own thing. He then uh, was signed to a record deal with famed Grammy producer uh, David Foster. He then produced a self-titled solo album, still not kind of doing what he wanted to do. So then he finally decided, hey, I'm going to self-fund my next album. And that was on Mercy Street. Uh, He self-funded it, was going to release it on his own, completely on his own, literally at the last second, signs a record deal. And we'll talk with him about this at the very last second. And he kind of like sent a, a, an email to them saying, hey, I'm going to release this. If you want to sign me, great. If you don't want to sign me, I'm still going to release this. Yeah. And there are like so many great, I think, entrepreneurial lessons in that. You know, sometimes you got to go into your own bank account and put your own money behind something that you believe in, that you know is good and kind of take that risk. But the other lesson here was that, you know, if he didn't reach out to that record company, he probably wouldn't have that particular record deal. So sometimes you got to just be ballsy and, you know, kind of go for it and, 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 reach out to people that you think you might not have a shot to get their ear or to get in front of them. But I mean, it, it ended up working out for him. Yeah. Especially if you, if you know that, Hey, I have a good product or I have a good, whatever it is. Um, but you know, both the albums, the album that David Foster produced and the one he, he self essentially produced and released both went number one on the world, uh, billboard charts. So yeah, I mean, that, that is, that is like a, everybody's, every singer songwriter's dream. So to be able to do that and to take a risk in doing that and have that success. Is- yeah. So last year he also released a Christmas album. And then what he, he did last year, which a lot of artists are doing, I think is really cool. He did a house tour, which essentially is, you know, 50 to 75 to maybe a hundred people in a house uh, listening to a concert and stuff. Which I think is, is a really cool trend that's happening. There's a lot of porch series type of events going on. And I mean, I would want to see my favorite artist like just hanging out in a backyard. Yeah. I mean, and that's what these are. And it's, it's a real great way to connect with your favorite artists and how artists are connecting with their fans. So now uh, Keith is back with a live album and this is in the round, which they filmed in nearest home in Venice beach. And there's going to be a concert film coming out later uh, next year, uh, early next year, I should say. Um, But he has this new album in the round live album that's out December 8th. And he will be, he's following that up and starting a new tour next week, actually uh, another house tour that, which he's doing. So, so that's really cool. So he has that coming up. Uh, and so you want to check this live album out in the round. It has a lot of his, you know, his favorite hits on there and stuff. So check out our conversation with singer songwriter Keith Harkin as he talks about his new album, his new concert tour and doing music on his own terms. <laughs> 
So I'm out here on the speed down dog track once more. Out here soul searching, knocking down doors. Well, Mission Street, it sure beats a door and it fills the bullet holes. I'm not out here glory hunting, I'm not using mind control. When I need you more than ever, I'm crying for your help, help me please. Okay, well, uh, Keith, thanks for coming on the show. We uh, totally appreciate it. Uh, and you're actually home in, in Los Angeles right now? I am actually in Las Vegas getting oh. ready to... Um, yeah, I just got here to Las Vegas uh, yesterday, and I'm getting ready to get my... I keep all my gear and all my equipment and an old van out here. Um, so I just to get, get all the PA systems and all the, <laughs> the right stuff ready for the tour, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. Get, get, get the rehearsal stuff ready and everything. Yeah, the band the band arrived in Los Angeles in about um, ten days time. Nice, nice. Well, you know, you know, already in your career, I you know, I really I love your story and everything like that. You have a really diverse musical background. What music were you listening to growing up in Ireland that kind of influenced you and pushed you into music? I mean, I was listening to a lot of the music. My mom and dad, had, I think, a great taste in music. I, I grew up listening to all the good stuff. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening to the Eagles and Harry Nielsen and Glenn Campbell. And uh, my dad was a big Tom Waits fan. Mm, okay. Um, and then my mom, my mom grew up in the, they, they were they're they're only in their their early fifties, so they grew up through the late seventies, eighties, and nineties music. So I had a lot of that European uh, influence as well. And then when I was a kiddo, you know, a lot of the the Britpop was very big, like Oasis and the Blur and the Verve. You know, that was kind of what I had in primary school. So I was pretty lucky. Um, and then inevitably, the Irish music is a complete, unavoidable um, <laughs> strain in your life, you know, growing up where I grew up. Um, so I, I was quite lucky. I had quite a diverse um, horizon of music, you know. Right, right. Well, I mean, was was there other in, other Irish uh, music that also influenced you as well, too? Yeah, I mean, I, you see, it's funny when people think of Irish music. I think Irish music across the world is known as like the fiddle dee dee, I like to call it. But I mean, I grew up Thin Lizzy, Boys Are Back in Town, Whiskey in a Jar by Thin Lizzy, yeah. which is also covered by Metallica. That's the yeah. kind of stuff I grew up listening to. Van Morrison was a massive Irish artist, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you had other acts, like a guy, there was a guy called Paul Brady, who was actually from about 15 minutes where I grew up. And Paul was the guy who kind of took the put kind of almost like a folky Americana twist on, on American music. And mm-hmm. I grew up listening to a lot of Paul stuff as well. And I think those influences kind of show through what I do. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, your voice is really interesting and kind of soulful and, and almost like, you know, how Glenn Hansard or you even mentioned Ben Morrison, you guys have some soulful voices. What, what is it about Irish singers that, that can be so soulful like that? In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. 
Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com 
slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know, man. I think... I mean, as Irish people as a race, we're a very old race, you know, Um, and our culture is very old and music is a very, very large part of our culture. You know, everybody in Ireland can either play guitar or sing a song or knows a poem or has a party piece, you know, Um, because in Ireland, Ireland growing up throughout the years, way before even myself, you know, it was it wasn't an easy place to grow up and there was a lot of suppression on Mm -hmm. Ireland. But I always like to think of it that the music is something that they could never take away from the Irish. The music is something that was always in us and no one could ever take that away from us. And I think that's why it always stayed so strong. Yeah. Well, it, it, it also, you know, you've also lived in America for the past, you know, several years with, with your American wife. Uh, did you ever mm-hmm. picture, picture yourself actually, you know, living in America when you, all the way from Ireland? You know what? I, it's funny. I just, I never pictured myself living anywhere. Um, <laughs> it's funny growing up. I always knew that, that's not that I knew. I just never felt at ease in the one place growing up, you know. Um, yeah. I was lucky enough that my mum and dad were always traveling too and always taking us somewhere and doing something. And I don't know. I just think maybe it's just a more old school way of thinking that people have to live in the one place. But I've just never thought like that. And I still don't think like that, even though we live in we have a house in Ireland and we have a place in Los Angeles and we fly back and forth. And But I'm constantly like on the hunt. I'm looking at places in Portugal. I'm looking at places in Mexico. <laughs> And you know what? And I'm always just searching for the next, the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of do that too. Like, there's, there's so many places you travel and go. You go, hey, you know what? I could actually live here for a little bit. I like, I like this place <laughs> a lot. Yeah, you know, and for me, Ireland, yeah. Ireland is one of those too. So you know, I, I love Ireland a lot, a lot. Ireland is beautiful. I mean, um, and I'm not just saying that. I would tell you if it's not, but it is, it is a fantastic place, and it's a good. As I say, it's got a great culture. It's got a great um, music scene. If anybody ever wants to travel Ireland, you just do the West Coast. You could travel one county. It'll take you a month. There's like a town every five miles down the road. Um, you know, and I'm, I am lucky to come from there. You know, I'm, I'm very I'm very grateful that I came from Ireland, and I'm, I'm always very strong of my roots, and I always go back, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also read, too, that, that but, you know, living in the States here, you're, you're now also a, a big surfer now. Is, is, that, the, is that the case? Yeah, well, I actually was surfing before I came okay. to America. Yeah. Um, the surf in Ireland, the surf in Ireland is one of the biggest sort of tourist attractions in Ireland, believe it yeah. or not. Um, and our surf there is just insane. Um, and I, I, again, I got the surfing through traveling. Um, I, I, my mom and dad used to go to this place in Sligo, and mm. ever since I went there, since I was a kid, I always wanted to surf. Um, and I started surfing when I was about fifteen years old. Mm. And again, through surfing, then um, 
I traveled the world because of surf. You know, I've surfed in Morocco, Bali, and all over Indonesia, France, Hawaii, all over Australia. Um, and now since I've moved to moved to California, um, yeah, I love it in Cali. I mean, I surf the whole coast and anywhere that there's a wave, I'll I'll try and get on if I have a few hours off. Right, and you're already you're already used to the cold uh, water too from Ireland and in in Los Angeles as well too. So. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of I've got soft over the years. It's a lot colder than Ireland. So when I go when I go home now, I, I do feel the pinch. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I got to check out the surfers uh, under the cliffs of War uh, one time too. Which is that's uh, those, that's crazy how you could, they could surf under that. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty heavy wave. That wave's called Eileen's. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends actually surf that wave. Um, I I have more of a job. I, I have more of a re job now, so I'm out of the water way too much to even to try and toil with that kind of thing. Uh, but but yeah yeah. I mean, as I say, I grew up in that scene in Ireland. That whole camping, surfing, singing by the campfire scene. Right, right. Well, also too, you know, c- coming up in your career, you know, you you sang with one of the you know European supergroups, you know, Celtic Thunder. You know, before branching on into your solo career. Now, what were some of the things you learned uh, singing with a you know a a super group like that and that you kind of carry over into your solo career now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was funny when I first joined Celtic Thunder, I mean, I was the, I was the very first person that they chose for the show, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and the show just started out whenever, um, whenever we all got it all together and I think it was 2007 and, um, you know, I'd done that for 10 years and, uh, it's insane. You know, looking back, I, I, you only, when I look back at a career, I mean, they say you do get it, uh, wiser with age, and, and, I, and I realize that now. The older, the older that I get, the, the more I realize that. And uh, you know, when I look back when I first started, I was so green and in and, and everything that I was doing. Sure. Um, but the thing that I take the most from Celtic Thunder, uh, yes, the experiences and the life experiences were fantastic, but just the musical experiences and having the confidence to walk out in front of 16, 17, 18,000 people and just own a stage. Um, because when you're doing that kind of thing, you've no choice. You either have to be good at it or you're not going to stick around for quite that often. Um, and I just, you know, I don't think I learned anything in particular, but when I look at um, what I know now, as to what I know, what I knew um, when I just started it, I mean, there's, there's, there's a world of difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's, it was sort of easier to be a part of a big production like that, as opposed to maybe just starting off your, your career with, uh, you know, you and, you and a guitar or something like that? Um, maybe so, yeah. uh, maybe so. But I mean, even before that, I was already in London living. Yeah. I was 18 years old working yeah. in Metropolis Studios and I was doing big gigs there with a lot of people. Um, I mean, I was always a solo artist and I, and I, and as much as I love Celtic Thunder, I never, I didn't intend to be in a mm. group or a production for 10 years, sure. you know, um, I was using that as much as I could to further my own career. I mean, I was, I used to write music for Celtic Thunder and I used to have all my own solo songs in the show. So I, I got away. So, I kind of got to play my own self in the show. I got to play Keith in the show. So I, that's kind of why I don't offer so long, you know. And mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I had a great time doing Celtic Thunder. And um, I met lots of interesting, really talented people, all the guys who were in the show. And uh, I wouldn't change it for the world, you know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I, that also maybe led to, you know, your first self-titled uh, soul album, uh with the Grammy Award winning producer David Foster, you know, you did that for your first album, your second album on Mercy Street, you actually decided to fund the album yourself. Was that actually freeing artistically in order to kind of create the music you kind of wanted to play? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first record I did almost with David Foster and Joachim van der Zag was the producer and David Foster was the, the, 
the over overseeing producer and yeah. um, executive producer and and yeah, that was an interesting experience. You know, again, you learn um, as much as it was fantastic. I think where I'm at now is more musically myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part for any musician. If any musician knows exactly who and what they are from early on, that's that's something that I I found was the hardest part for me because I'm kind of like a session singer and I don't Celtic Thunder for many years. And you know you, you're you're sort of put pushed towards directions of music sometimes that ain't exactly you, but you can do. So you know before long, sometimes you kind of get a bit of smoke and mirrors over your own eyes and eyes and kind of forget what you do yourself. Um, but when I done the album with David and uh, and Yoakum, I mean it was a fantastic record. It was number one in Billboard World Music in Canada and America. We recorded the orchestra in Abbey Road Studios. And but when I listen back, you know I think there was more of other people's influences in that music. More probably more so than mine, even though I love the record, um, which is okay for that time. You know, I was a young guy and I had people guiding me along the way. And then with Mercy Street, I just wanted to tackle it on my own, take the bull by the horns, and I funded it myself and basically released it myself um, before I even signed the Bluey Long. And um, I, I actually, I actually was going to release the record on a Friday, and uh, Bluey Long somehow got in contact with each other. And on the Wednesday or Tuesday, I basically sent them this brash email saying, um, hey, if you want to sign me, you need to do it by Friday because I'm going to release this record either way. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't even that I was being cocky. Like, I was just being truthful. You know what? Yeah. I, I was going to do it regardless. And yeah. and I, in, in truth to them, they, they stood up to the plate and then we signed a deal that Friday. <laughs> but they offered me a deal that Friday and we took it from there. And But yeah, that album done fantastic as well. I was delighted with All Mercy Street. I went back to London and recorded with all the guys I used to know from when I first started doing music. Mm-hmm. Um, the producer Andy Wright produced it. Andy's produced everybody from Mick Hucknall to um, Pavarotti. So he has, you know, he's a big, big time pop producer in the UK. And um, that record done amazing as well. I was stoked on that. It, it um, was number one in world music as well in America. Um, and it was, I think it could be number 15 in the rock charts and iTunes. So I was delighted with the way it went, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and but do you think, you know, I, I see, I talk to a lot of other artists like yourself, they're kind of taking, you know, their own career in hands and in self-producing albums or, or, you know, just making sure they're kind of, you know, releasing on their own. Is that something you felt like you needed to really kind of find your voice that way too and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just got, you know, maybe from just being in Celtic Thunder for so long and doing other things that weren't really myself. And I was still doing Celtic Thunder at that time, but I was kind of more busy doing my own thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, when, when, even though I was working with an amazing artist like David Foster and Joachim Vandersag and working with all these like massive musicians, all the session guys on that first record were amazing. But again, you know, it's like if a painter is a painter, he doesn't ask all his friends and they help him paint the picture. You know, it's all his own art. And I just wanted to just do one myself, you know, and I think on Mercy Street for me, for me personally, um, the amount of fond memories I have of recording it and it was just such an easy, fun process, you know, and uh, I think you can hear that on, on the record, too, on, on that album. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you can, too. And, and now now you also have a new live album that's coming out, uh, you know, that a lot of those songs are on this live album, too, right? Yeah, so the live album's coming out now, December 8th. Um, mm-hmm. It's called In The Round. Uh, and basically, again, because of so many years of having all these other people around me and, you know, the record company and myself, I most people love my live shows more than anything. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't even know I could play the guitar uh, before they heard Mercy Street, you know, and uh, we just wanted to capture what I do live best. Mm-hmm. And 
it is what it is on the pin. It's a, it's a live record. It's myself and a, and a friend of mine from Philadelphia on the guitar called Dave Bakey. Mm-hmm. And we recorded it in this beautiful old church in Venice Beach, California. And yeah, I, I love it. You know, it turned out better than I actually, than I thought it turned out because my buddy, um, Jorge, he engineered it in the sense that it kind of plays as a continuum piece of music. You know, it's like mm-hmm. 55 minutes or an hour long. And you can hear the claps in between and the hoots and the hollers and you can hear me mumbling crazy madness in between <laughs> the songs. And, you know, and I, I love that. That's the kind of music that I grew up listening to and that's the kind of music that, I don't know, I, I think a lot of music today lose, has lost that charm because it's so overproduced. You know, we take away all those personal little things that people remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and also, you guys also recorded, you know, you also videoed it as well too and that's going to come out later on as well too, right? Yeah, that's 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 that that is actually another phone call I'm about to jump on after mm-hmm. this one. We're starting mm-hmm. to get the final edits ready for a live TV show and a live DVD. Um, and the DVD is pretty rad. There's way more songs on it. I think there is like 15 or 16 songs on the DVD. We done a lot of uh, B-roll footage, so there's footage of me on there surfing. There's like an hour or two of interviews, which is like an overdub over the top of the whole thing. Um, you know, so it's like a proper rockumentary, if you want to call it that. Sure. Uh, and it's pretty fun and lighthearted, you know, and yeah, it was all my friends in the crowd, so at least there's people clapping. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's out what 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 I've heard of it, it, it really sounds great and I listened to the album as well too, and it, it just sounds like a fun thing. And it and it's sort of a carryover what you did last year on your house tour and you and you have a new house tour that you're actually doing, you know, coming up uh later this month too, right? Yeah, that's right. The house tour starts now on the, the 19th of December. And um, for those who don't know what a house tour is, it's a crazy concept that we came up with last year. Um, we basically, want, I mean, I'm a massive music lover myself. And living on the west side of LA, there's always these strange events happening in shoe stores or in coffee shops or in someone's backyard, you know, and it's always like big time artists playing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that concept. Maybe it's just because for many years I've been in theaters and clubs and seen it all seen it all the same stuff again and again so we decided to create a tour all around america um we asked our fan club um the management and i asked the fan club hey can we get like 25 houses some people who are crazy enough to let us invite 50 <laughs> fans into their house and we promote it as an actual show yeah. we bring beer we bring wine we yeah. bring snacks and soft drinks and we do a full meet and greet full question and answer and i've got a piano player and my bass player from italy and my piano player from ireland and we've got a full PA system, and we ram it in people's living rooms, <laughs> and uh, and the atmosphere, the atmosphere is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It, it's it's such a buzz. I mean, again, as a as as a music lover myself, as if someone like one of the artists that I love were doing a tour like that, I would definitely go to every show because then it's like the shows that are such a, a one-off. You know. Totally. I mean, I mean that that just sounds like a, you know a great atmosphere to have you know someone like yourself in, in their house and stuff. Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I just it was so much fun last year. The whole tour sold out last year, and it was so funny trying to explain it to some people. They were going like, "So we're going to go to someone's house, and then <laughs> like you're going to play music in their house." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to be just imagine like you're going to a venue, just take this address and just arrive." And we'd be playing in these places in the middle of nowhere, and right. people would be like queuing up around the street, and you could just see the neighbors looking out the door, going, "What is going on in this house tonight?" Um, but yeah, again, the fans loved it, and, and that's why we're doing it again now. It starts in December nine, uh, November nineteenth. November nineteenth, yeah. Starts think, off. Yeah, I think you said December before. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. November nineteenth. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah. not not December. That's yeah. the end. Uh, yeah. November nineteenth. It starts yeah. off in Charlottesville, California. 
and then we're working our whole way around America. We're doing like I think there's 28 to 29 shows in 35 days. Nice, nice. Um, well, you also to you, you know it's also a holiday tour, and 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 last year I actually you know I I'm a total Christmas music nerd, so I actually got your album last <laughs> last year, and I, I loved it. It was it was great. I lo- I love when artists like you you guys. You know, or you know, like I said, I mentioned before, Glenn Hansard or somebody else that releases Christmas albums. I love that kind of stuff like that. Um, what was your kind of motivation in in you know creating a Christmas album uh, last year and and then doing songs this year? It's funny. It just happened accidentally. Believe it or not, um, it is fun to we we were talking about doing the house concert tour, hmm. and then I was like, well, we should theme the tour, and I was like, well, it was Christmas time, and I was like, okay, so we should do a three track EP. And then we we're like, okay. And then the record company came back and said, well, if you're going to do three, you should do six. And then I turned around and I said, well, if we're going to do six, we should do 12 tracks. <laughs> and then we ended up recording a full album with an orchestra in Bulgaria. Um, we recorded the record six days before I got married in my, in my studio in Ireland, mm. um, which was probably the worst time on the planet to <laughs> <Right>. record. <laughs> Let me tell you, if any musicians out there is listening to this, don't try and record a record less than a week before you get married, especially when there's 40 Americans staying at your house where your studio is. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of my lesser smart moves. But it all turned out pretty well, and we recorded the orchestra then in, in, in Bulgaria, the Bulgarian Symphony Orchestra on it, and uh, my buddy Brian Byrne, who's a Grammy-nominated mm, yeah, yeah. Um, pr- producer and... Uh, arranger he brian jumped in he he just jumped in last minute and somehow we got it all together and the record also went to number one in world music um here in the states and but that's how the christmas um album came about it's called nullig which is the gaelic language which it just means christmas in, in irish you know hmm. um but yeah we had so much fun doing it and even though it only took like a week there was a lot of pre-production prep that was going on via emails and phone calls for a long time um, we didn't sleep for many days in my studio, and uh, but yeah, I love that record, and fans love it, and that's what kind of we'll inter- we'll incorporate that within the round on this tour. So there will be like festive songs, and there will be other songs too from my other albums. Yeah, well, and that's this. It's a good time of year to you. You're, you're doing something an intimate show like this, and then you're you know playing some you know Christmas music, especially as you get you know closer to Christmas. That that seems like it'll be a fun gig. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Christmas time. People listen to Christmas music, you know, um, uh, obviously, and it's funny. Like I have to admit, I, I wasn't a massive. There is certain songs of Christmas I truly love. Mm-hmm. There's there's one or two that I I really really love. Um, but I'm not a massive Christmas nut. I think it's because I used to work in a department store whenever I was younger, <laughs> and right. they had the same CD play on repeat for like two months before Christmas, and that didn't help. Right. Um, but after doing that tour and realizing how much people love it, I've, I've grown a new love for it and love performing. Right. Well, I, at least you know you recorded around your wedding time, and I saw some you know, the pictures you know from your wedding and stuff online, and it still looked like a beautiful wedding too, though. Yeah, yeah, we managed to pull it off. Um, we actually built our own wedding venue oh, at wow. our own house, um, where my studio was at, and we had over two hundred and thirty people there, and we're actually we're we're beginning to rent it out next year now for weddings and stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a really crazy, <laughs> hectic time in my life, um, and. Yeah, that's all I can really say, but it was an absolute blur. <laughs> I'm glad I just made it through the other side. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, so last question I have. So what are some Christmas traditions in Ireland that maybe you've brought you know, to your family now with your wife and stuff? Well, Christmas in my, my household, we're, we're very family-orientated. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, a big day for us is Christmas morning. What we do is, is I don't know if other people do this, but we do Christmas morning because our, our hometown of Derry City and Donegal, it ain't, it ain't really that big, you know. And mm-hmm. what we would do in Christmas morning, we would um, go to church on Christmas morning um, and then we would walk around, go around all the families' homes, um, all throughout, all, all our, like, aunties and uncles and cousins and they bring all the presents around in the car and he gives them to all the kids and all the family and then we normally end up in one of the grandmother's houses and all the boys have a beer and reminisce on old times and then we go home get fat like everyone else and then boxing day um which is the day after christmas day yeah it's a massive tradition in my family that we all go to a local bar as early as our wives allow us to leave the house <laughs> and uh they would normally come later on and we would bring the guitars and uh we would play music all day long in the local pub, and it's it's something I've done with my dad since I was about eleven years old, and um, we're we still do it every Christmas, and uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of something that we do in our house. Oh man, the, the, I want to I want to spend Christmas with you now the uh, the rest of my life. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Boxing day is <laughs> Boxing day is a good day. You know, it's funny. Years ago, it started out with like maybe like five or six uncles and a few. Uh-huh a few nephews and now it's we're like the mafia there's like maybe 50 or 60 of us it's just getting out of control <laughs> nice Ma- irish mafia you know singers there yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's funny so uh thanks for you know being on our show totally appreciate it where can people find uh your music and and if they want to get tickets to the to the upcoming house tour and stuff well, all the tickets are on my website. All the links are on my website. You go to keithharkin.com forward slash tour. Um, I love social media, so I'm always on Instagram, which is just Keith Harkin. Facebook is Keith Harkin. Twitter is Keith Harkin. Um, yeah, just Google my name, Keith Harkin, and I'm sure you'll find all those things. Uh, I do live chats a lot on Facebook, and I do live chats a lot on Instagram and stuff like that. So if anybody out there is listening, please give us a follow. All right. I think I can listen to his Irish accent all day long. I just love that. As always, you can find links to Keith and all of his music and what's going on in our show notes. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. You can follow Jeff on Instagram at The Traveling Game. And if you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a review. Before we leave you today, though, we want to warm you up a little bit for the Christmas season. So listen to a unique Christmas song by Keith Harkin. Pull me in because I want Arthur McBride As we went walking down by the seaside No mark what follows, what they betide For it being on Christmas morning Good morning, good morning, the sergeant they cry And the same to you, gentlemen, we did reply Intended no harm, but meant to pass by For it being on Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.